0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast, I'm your host Angelo McHorse. This podcast is brought to you by Bison Star Naturals, a local body care products company out of Taos, New Mexico. Check out their lavender lotion when you get a chance, you put a little bit on and it feels like you've been rolling around in a field full of lavender. Alright, today we're bringing you Maya Torres and she has just opened Studio 107B right there on the northeastern end of the Taos Plaza. She's rejuvenating the art scene by collaborating with Taos artists who are young and old, who are local to the area and also newcomers. It's a very fresh take on the art scene as she's always switching up her gallery with new shows every other month. She's also going to be collaborating with the Paseo Project and I've heard that they're trying to get together a light projection show where they're going to be making photos of old Taos to be projected on all of the old buildings, so I think that's going to be pretty cool. She's a 13th generation Taosanya in the area with deep history on both sides of her family. Also, she has been ingrained in the deep art culture ever since her upbringing in high school all the way through college up until now. So I'm happy to bring you Maya Torres. Hey everybody, how's it going today? Feels nice and cool, seems like we're getting into that fall air. But anyway, I cruise into the plaza on my bike and I'm over here at Studio 107B with my other mother, Maya Torres. And... We just got done eating some food over at La Manzanita. They have some great selections and they serve their menu all day. I had an awesome smoothie. Go check it out. It's definitely a place to be, but... I'm really excited to bring you this 13th generation Spanish Tauceña who's trying to revitalize the whole art scene on the plaza. So how are you doing, Mom? What's happening?
1: Hi, Angelo. Hi, mijito. I'm doing good. Breakfast was good at Manzanita. It's good to see you guys every Saturday on Farmer's Market with your soaps and lotions, Bison Star and... People often ask, like, I thought you just had three sons, Maya. And I say, well, I have a few more because they're the best friends of my son. So Angelo's my fourth son. But I just had a grandbaby. Isaiah, my oldest blood son, had a grandbaby. Yeah, Little Sebastian, Yay. Roberta Marquez's mama from Albuquerque. So we're all excited to have a new member to to our family for sure.
0: Wow, definitely. New life is a blessing, uh, especially when it comes in the form of a little baby. On that note, I'm really excited, you know, because you're bringing new life to the plaza, how you're reinvigorating the spirit of the art community, because you're doing a bunch of different cool shows. And there's just been a lot of buzz going around in town about the gallery. And I'm just, you know, I just wanted to know uh, when you opened it, because it's had so much press lately, it seems like it's been around forever
1: kind of in a way, we technically opened January 20th, And it kind of feels like it's been around forever because it used to be the space where my mom had her gallery, New Directions, for 17 years. And that was 14 years ago. So last November, Frank Seckler, who had his gallery here, Frank Seckler Metal Gallery, for 14 years, he decided that uh, he was going to move most of his shop up to his main studio near the Blinking Lights. So the space opened up, and I thought about maybe it's time for a gallery. So we got a collection of artists who include Frank Seckler, Izumi Yokoyama, who's been in Taos for eight years, my son Isaiah Trujillo, who's been working glass for eight years and has an international reputation working glass, and myself, and Michael Naranjo also was our premier first guest artists in the gallery. So we opened January 20th in the middle of winter, and I think everyone was just thirsty for something new. And, um, But I'm really happy. It's all working. Um, we're inviting a lot of artists. Our focus is showcasing the multicultural Taos artists that live in the and work in the valley. We have occasionally artists from other places who are really phenomenal artists. So we just want to represent the artists who are really at the top of their field with their medium technically and craftsmanship wise so that's what our philosophy is
0: nice that's really beautiful doing that and um i I can know about having a business and being a business owner, and I can imagine having to run a storefront and having a place here while also at the same time trying to really focus on your passion, which is the art, and you really do. So I can imagine, plus, you know, juggling family and home and um, social relationships all in between. I can, you know, definitely imagine it's a lot to handle. So I can feel you on how nobody wants to do it all, you know, and that's why it's really cool to... uh, You know, give a shout out to your team where you guys are all really pitching in to make the gallery. uh, All your core artists are really pitching in to make the gallery the new scene and really putting forth the effort. Because like as we know, you know, the more hands you have, the lighter the load is. And so that's really cool because it then frees you up all that time to focus on your craft and your art. And that's really beautiful, and uh, I was wondering about your art style just out of one of all the core artists. um, I'm looking around the gallery and I can see that uh, you have really grand works. They're rather big, and what's the medium that you use on those?
1: Through the years, I've focused on large-scale drawings with just pencil, also sculptures in ceramic and in bronze. So when I work in bronze I actually work with the material of wax. So I'm kind of really good at wax and then that gets put into bronze through the process of lost lost wax casting. So I'm kind of known for those two mediums and I use mostly the figure as a starting base for my work and I like to incorporate like different ideas visually in a picture that includes like politics or mythology. I like to throw religions all together and kind of do a global mix, kind of like we all are now, like this global mix. So, totally. so it's a global mix of visual ideas, but I primarily use the figure as a starting point for all of my work. I just feel that um, now I do have to incorporate some more animals in the work i feel like that's lacking
0: i can only imagine how many hours you put into each original piece and so just a quick question um why don't you give us a few examples of some of the other media styles of some of your other core artists just so that way our listeners can know really like the diverse offerings you guys have and you showcase
1: Well, Izumi specializes in pen and ink, which is a traditional material, and she gets most of her materials from Japan, which gives the ink a real black, black, and...
0: She's traditionally a Japanese artist? Yes, she's
1: born in Japan, and then she got a degree in fine art, a master's from San Francisco Art Institute, and then she moved to Taos about eight years ago, in Carson, that's where I met her, Hmm. and... So she's an excellent with pen and ink drawings and her imagination also with that technical expertise is pretty stunning. And Frank Seckler is such a master with mild steel and you can see Frank's work in town from the Taos brewery to some monumental sculptures around Sonic, pretty much all the big metal work in town Frank has mm. done. And he's really pretty imaginative with his um use of metal and Isaiah's come a long way with his glass work and and working the borosilicate glass in a really inventive kind of every artist is kind of pushing their medium. And then in this show, which is called Red, White and Brown, we have other artists like Larry Bell, who is main medium is thin film deposition on surface. So we have one of his Mirage drawings, which is thin film deposition onto laminate. And that is actually then put in a laminating machine and heated up so it kind of just melts all altogether. Then we have some pieces by ron davis who also has moved to taos in the 90s ron's 83 and is really well known in new york and la his work in here are paintings of pixel dust on aluminum and they're really stunning cosmic kind of geometrical colorful shapes then we have Francisco Benitez, who's doing these amazing figurative paintings. He's from Santa Fe and he's Maria Benitez's son. Angie Coleman, who's like really a master with woodblock cut and she has a gallery on Kit Carson Road. We have one of her woodblock prints, which is an image of the river and they're just amazing landscapes as well as Suzanne Wiggins, who's kind of more abstract landscape she's known for. We have a couple stunning monoprints. And, I mean, it just goes on. Anita Rodriguez in here. We have Jody Herrera who's was raised in Taos and now lives in Albuquerque. And now presently, at the age of 26, has a show up in Los Angeles and is just really an exceptional realist painter. Um, Sharon Dryflower from the Pueblos in our show, and also John Swazo has a couple of amazing sculptures in our show. Leonard Salazar has some really out-of-the-norm wood pieces. He's known mainly for his large santos. So let's see, I'm missing some people. But D- Diane Reina, Tony Reina's daughter, has a beautiful bronze piece in the show. And she's mostly known for her film work and a film called Surviving Columbus Mm. that she did. And she's also come out with a couple new films. You can Google her name. Yeah. Wow,
0: yeah, that's a huge and long list. And I'm, sh-
1: some clay
0: I'm and sure it goes on, and definitely. And <laughs> definitely. And that's what's really cool is we have to um, save some of that allure for our audience because they have to come in and see this for themselves. It's incredible. I mean, an explanation of who's here in their mediums doesn't do justice to the breathtaking pieces that are out on display here. So, Definitely get over here to Studio 107B. We should just tell people where it is real quick on the plaza so they know exactly where it is.
1: Well, it's on the north side of the plaza between Nambe and Mesa's Edge, which is a really beautiful jewelry store. Across the street from Mesa's Edge is Manzanita, which is a really wonderful cafe. And next to Mesa's Edge is Chocola, who is making probably the best chocolate in the world right now, we think. And it's right next door. I'm trying to get
0: them on the podcast. Come on, guys. Come on through. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll get them on the podcast. God, they're bringing in cocoa beans from Bolivia and Tanzania. And they're roasting them in-house and grinding them in-house, which most uh, chocolatiers don't do. They usually just order the cocoa powder, but Chocola is actually getting these specialty cocoa beans from around the world, and we have to live with this fragrance of chocolate being made every day. So, <laughs> uh,
0: man, I I'm sure it's really funny. Um, a lot of the guests that I'm interviewing are right next to like, great restaurants, great coffee shops, great, you know, new. Uh, chocolate spots like Chocolat. So you're in a, in a hub of the community. You're in a great location. And it does have a rich, deep history. Um, why don't you tell me um, some of the uh, things that this space has been before you're occupying it the latest and before Frank?
1: Well, my grandparents had a bar from the 19... 19- I think, late 40s through 1980 uh-huh. here in this spot. It was called Fernandez the Taos Bar. Mm. And there were several bars on the plaza. La Cocina was one of them, which also had the restaurant. And then there was a bar in La Fonda. I think I had one more bar on the south end of the plaza. So... Um, this was the hub of Taos back then. You know, this was what Walmart was back then. There was the barber shop. El Mercado was here. They had a restaurant. The drugstore was here. Anita Rodriguez's dad, uh, Skeezix, I think his nickname was. He was the pharmacist at the drugstore. So Taos Plaza was really the hub and center of where people did their trading. And the you know you got your flower here, and as time went on, you know, um, this was the bar also uh, was known as Tono's Bar, and he was a uh, an amazing bartender who stood maybe like four or ten, <laughs> and he was the boss, and they had pl- a thing in the morning called the Breakfast Club where a lot of the artists would come and have breakfast at the bar with Tono. And it included, like, Tom Noble and Jim Wagner and um, maybe John Nichols. And there were a few gals included in there, probably maybe Jerry Harvey. and, But but it was, you know, while still Taos is kind of Wild West, but it was really Wild West back then. And then in the back of the building... It was known as Ramon's Lounge, and they was to have flamenco dancing back here. And Ramon played flamenco and Spanish guitar, and he also was a composer. So he had, they had a real lively scene. And they think, they I mean, they didn't go till like 2 in the morning. I think they had a limit because people do get crazy after a certain hour. But they had that bar till the 80s, and then... Billy and Ed Fagerquist, who used to have Fagerquist restaurant, bought the liquor license from my grandparents Mm. and they closed it down and it became, uh, Aline, uh, Bernard had a place called the poster shop here. Mm. And she did that until my mom came in and started the gallery.
0: Ah, and, th- that, and was that was a was New in, Directions. Yeah,
1: New Directions gallery. And my mom really loved more abstract art. She carried artists like Larry Bell, and Holly. She carried Gloria Corbett, Bill Gersh, Cliff Harmon, um, Ted Egry. So she carried, an, and mostly living artists as well, and um did changing shows every month so that was pretty amazing for a gallery and she did it for 17 years until my dad got sick and then she decided to close the gallery down so so it really it's kind of cool to be in a place that has all this lively energy and i felt like the building was kind of whispering to me to have it be used again in a way that really involved the community yeah and i mean i really want i really kind of foresee bringing in music on the weekends or in the winter Mm. and doing some art classes and some workshops a couple month a month or so ago mike Vihill came in and brought his print press and we did a work a four-day workshop here printing which was really really successful So, we want to really outreach into the community. Our next show is going to be The Core and More, which will be the core artists who started Studio 107B. And then we will showcase a few other artists. We're still kind of deciding. It's really exciting that so many artists want to be part of the gallery. And I wish we had 10 spaces to include everyone, but we have to kind of limit it. So, in November, Anita Rodriguez wanted to. Uh, co-curate a show around the honeybees and we wanted to do a political show once a year mm. and instead of doing something that was downgrading on any of the political guys up there that mm-hmm. seemed to mm-hmm. not have any direction instead of dumping on that scene we decided to promote, keep, something, promote beautiful. something beautiful that a we really message. need and yeah. so that was honeybees so. yeah
0: fox <laughs> news and cnn and those guys do that enough you know all, yeah. all those so that's beautiful that you chose a, a better message for folks yeah uh,
1: yeah, we want to keep it more in my positive. opinion
0: positive it's
1: easy to want to make a piñata but so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's
0: the perfect uh that's well so
1: yeah we need to start thinking of our animals and our planet not just ourselves and what we're going to eat tonight or what we're going to wear tomorrow i mean we really need to start opening our eyes and art is a vehicle for doing that so one of the things we want to really get started and we hope that all of taos can be a center for Renaissance 2020, which is an idea for a global renaissance in the year 2020. Why? Just because it sounds cool. 2020 also is good vision, you know, <laughs> when you have 2020 vision. so
0: A lot of meaning behind that. Name. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of meaning. So we kind of envision a global renaissance where artists just come out en masse and put their best foot forward in art. Also giving sharing their talents and encouraging other people to be creative because there's so many dormant people who have put their creativity behind or on a back burner because they have a family and feel that they have to do what corporate America tells them to do. So, so many people are kind of frustrated artists. So encouraging people to return to their creative roots in whatever field they're doing, it doesn't have to be visual art, but music and science and horticulture, and just even how we get along, you know, How, how can we break the barriers of racism? This is our generation to do it. Obviously, nobody has done it before. So now that we're all kind of globally linked, like we are talking about our cultural heritage and roots before, like, I mean, I'm 13 spinners that they've charted, and Spanish history from Ibaran. Peninsula for the most part. But I mean, we're also Native American too. So I probably have Pueblo and maybe Comanche or Apache. And then on my dad's side, I know we have Central American Indian, which is Aztec and Mayan. So then one of my grandfathers was German. So, I mean, we really are kind of global mixes now. And I think it's more of a beautiful thing than people maybe are aware of, you know. So that's part of what the Renaissance hopefully will become as well.
0: I think that's an idea that uh, a lot of people can get behind and invest into because you're right. We are a one big melting pot and there's no more room for uh, dominant pride, I'll call it, because it's really, I think, in my opinion... Uh, important for people to collaborate and to learn from each other. And that eventually ends up leading into mixing even you know um, cultures and beliefs and bloodlines and so there's nothing bad you know a more more diversified bloodline is uh, technically more resilient and so it's not a bad idea to get behind um, something like renaissance 2020 because it's a beautiful concept where we all come together to put our best foot forward and to collaborate and grow in a healthy positive way it's just such a great idea i mean it's inviting of all people all culture all background it's not a prideful thing where anybody is excluded it's something that everybody can invest into because everybody has a part to play because everybody is unique and so it's really a beautiful idea
1: yeah maybe even you know <coughs> like reviving our acequias and, and the good thing is that it's not a 501c3 or something you just donate or send a check to it's really a personal effort yes. an individual effort that it becomes a community effort that becomes a statewide effort that becomes mm. a national and then global in this age with social media. I can tie into my friend in Ethiopia that I met on my trip in 2014 and tie into the artists that are there and get them excited about this concept. And it's not invasive on anyone's political beliefs and hopefully religious beliefs. It's just like pure art, pure creativity. And like when you see what humans can do together when you work together, it's just so much better than destruction you know and we've just kind of got off on this track of destruction for some reason
0: it's um human nature to almost try to dominate they always make say the expression it's a dog eat dog world and i mean you see it in nature all the time where nature's not always the nicest you know what i mean it's definitely you i've seen a dog eat a dog it happens you know so um anyway what i'm trying to say is that
1: how critical it is that we as individuals can actually plug in and it doesn't have to be an organization that's right that's right it's a, and in this or,
0: in this age of information we can create the infrastructure for ourselves and we don't have to be- depend on any kind of organizations or right all these um structures that have been created that you have to fit a mold we can create our own so yeah. i think that's what i was going after <laughs> right and
1: i th- i liked that when we were in san diego when the elections happened a couple years ago where. Wondering what is our country going to do with this new president? And my friend Carla Kraus, we are down there in San Diego. Isaiah was with me, and <clears throat> her husband, who's from Mexico, said, "I know what we can do. We can do to counter this is we all have to do five good deeds a day." Mm. And if we all just do five good deeds a day from now on, like the world would really transform. And I really liked that idea. And so, you know, I tried to, I've tried the concept of adopting that five good deeds a day. And actually, you know, it takes focus. It takes some mindfulness to be focused on that because we are programmed to just go about our daily jobs in our own little tunnel worlds in a Mm -hmm. way. And especially with cell phones, we come more tunnel worldly in a way. Mm -hmm. So that's one great thing that art does is bring people out. One great thing I've loved seeing in the gallery that I've never quite witnessed before is families are coming in the gallery of all cultures, looking at the artwork together without any electronics and talking about the art discussing what they see and which one they like the other day a little kid around five years old was in and and i asked him what his favorite painting was because he was looking at each one real attentively and he told me the one with the fish was my favorite one and so i'm going through my memory in the show thinking wow i don't think we have a fish painting in this (laughs) so he took me in front of the larry bell Mirage drawing, which is about you know fifty inches by thirty inches wide, and and he said this is the fish painting. Like, who were we that we couldn't see the fish?
0: Mm. So all of a
1: sudden he brought us into a new way of seeing this piece that is often abstract. Hi, Mike.
0: Hey, zoomy. I thought you might be in that one All right. Yeah, that was just the Zumi coming in. That's really cool. I'm glad she's here. But you were saying about the child who showed you a piece of art that wasn't necessarily what we see as adults um, as fish, but it's always great how kids have a unique eye and how they show it to us um, every once in a while, looking through the eye of a child when they express things like that, because as we grow up, we come less sensitive to imagination and we just take things a lot more literally so but I would just also like to uh, touch on your uh, history a little bit more uh, you know 13th generation Spanish Tausana how did that all start who was the man that um, you know started it all off
1: right that's a good question <laughs> between uh, who was the first Spaniard that touched ground in Taos is a good question whether it was the Torres side from my dad's side and Ranchos de Taos and or was it the Martinez side or did they come together? Yeah. And then Martinez is um from the Father Martinez descent and you know Taos' his history includes Father Martinez who was a very well-known priest in the valley and he did father many different children but he also started the first co-ed school west of the Mississippi. He brought the first printing press to New Mexico which I found out is now down in Santa Fe at the museum. So a person can go look at Father Martinez's wow, press down some there. Wow, that's rich history. Yeah, I just found that out last week. And then, so on my dad's side, the they, Torres, the Torres uh, side, the history goes back that the Spaniard came with Cristobal Colon, Cristobal, you know, Christopher Columbus. And he was a translator for some of those expeditions. Wow. And that they were granted some of the Spanish land grants, more down in Española. Mm -hmm. And then the Torreses lived in Española for quite a while until they were raided by the comanches on several occasions and apparently on comanche raids they would kill everyone but one person mm. and they would take that person into their tribe and raise them and then if they wanted to go after that they could so i guess the tortoises then they booked it to guadalupita and then they lived in guadalupita until there was another raid there And then they came to Ranchos de Taos after that. And that was probably in the early 1800s, late 1700s, when the tortoises actually moved to Ranchos de Taos. Then on the Martinez side, Father Martinez's family was originally from Abiquiu, and we still have our connections, our cousin connections in Abiquiu, which is really awesome. They have a house right on Abiquiu Plaza. Kind of, They actually sold to Georgia O'Keeffe, and we're good friends with Georgia O'Keeffe. My cousin Carl Bodie is now 87 years old, and his sister Charlotte lives there. They're, most of them are in their 80s, but. So the Martinez's were originally from Abiquiú before they came to Taos in the late 1700s. And then Father Martinez um, actually had a family and married before he became a priest. But his wife and child both died, and then he went into priesthood. Some people say there was actually family from that first marriage, but actually his daughter died, so there wasn't... From what I know, lineage from there. It was from the children he had in his extra affairs, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> my cousin Antonio still owns the Padre Martinez home mm. on Padre Lane now. Mm,
0: that's right and, behind the plaza. Yeah, yeah, it's right
1: behind the plaza. And my grandfather, Arturo Martinez, and his wife, Teodora, who owned the bar here, They really, he was a builder and developer and designer in Taos. So he built a lot of homes like the Wurlitzer home. He built their home, the Padre Martinez home. And he built a bunch of homes on Teldora Lane. So he was kind of an entrepreneur renaissance guy. And my grandmother, who always wore two long black braids and beautiful Fiesta outfits, was they were kind of known. I mean, they almost looked like Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo, but they were (laughs) from Taos. Because she was real short and he was taller.
0: Man, I love that. That's a rich history. I'm so happy you shared that with us because I'm sure the listeners are going to I have a lot of uh, interesting questions for you and a lot of cool um, maybe tidbits or facts about you know, history because I believe that it's important. We build on each other's history and contribute rather than try to correct it or try to say that there's only one way you know so um, one history so I think it's a great idea to uh, collaborate and contribute to the overall understanding of our history here in Taos and that's really beautiful we're able to get um, all of that really cool information and you know a lot of those names that we can research and ask about when we're in Taos because Taos as you know is chocked full of history with all the Spanish heritage the indigenous Taos Pueblo Red Willow people heritage and also the new influences that have been coming ever since forever so it's a house is a huge melting pot too with all the different modern cultures of music and art and you know all these new influences are changing things all right <laughs> so the gallery is open and uh well, it's good though i'm happy people are here Zoom is here we uh, moved outside so it's a nice day outside like i was saying earlier there there's an accordion playing outside and uh it's a it's such a beautiful day What a beautiful history we just got done going over and I just appreciate the history behind the space that you're occupying right now. It really just does reflect a lot of the taos mountain lifestyle and what it's about is a big part of it is all the cultures that are included in it and we all have the access to the land and the art and the music and this community that we're growing here so it's really a super cool thing and i just was wondering um what is happening in the gallery since we know all of its rich history i want to know what's happening for the rest of the year and if there's important dates for people to remember
1: well this show is up until september 3rd that's red white and brown and it's a really great show of real diverse mediums and art house artists and then by first friday of september we should have the next show up and that is going to be called the core and more so it's going to be the core group of artists from studio 107b which is myself izumi yokoyama frank seckler isaiah trujillo and we might have another guest artist i'm not sure and that show will be up until around halloween a little before halloween and in november we're going to do our politico show for the bees And it's going to be called To Be or Not To Be. (laughs) And that one will be up till a little before Christmas. If we get a good response, we'll keep it up. We're going to invite a lot of different artists for this show to do smaller pieces around bees or honey or hives and pollination. So that should be a really interesting show. We want to, Sarah Hart has offered to come print some bees and bring the school kids in to do some projects in that show we're also hoping some musicians will come up with some music during that time and then around christmas we want to make some um cards we're going to do a workshop of christmas card making probably block printing linoleum block printing which is real simple and we're going to invite artists to come in and print some cards and then we'll probably have an artist party for christmas because you know Other people have office parties, and then artists don't ever really get together (laughs) because we don't have an office, a common office. So we might have a nice holiday party for artists. Nice. And then next year, we'll see. We're going to get together and put our heads together and see what we come up with, some more dynamic shows. We're probably gonna keep them up between six weeks and two months. And then we also wanna be real inclusive with the kids. And also, I forgot to mention that mid-September 14th and 15th, we have Paseo where Agnes Chavez and Matt and Richard have asked the plaza people to do something. And what we're gonna do is present a couple films. One is called Los Héroes, and the other one is called The Last Cruise. And those are two films produced by Miguel Gandert, who's a world renowned photographer down at UNM. So that it's a group of three guys who did these short clip films. So we're gonna be projecting them onto the buildings and um, we'll have some other surprise things going on. And we want to invite people to submit their historical photographs of Taos, and we want to project them around the building during that weekend so people can see old Taos, what it was like. A lot of times people come here and they've forgotten the history or they'll glance through a quick tourist book to maybe we'll get some people to talk about their families. So Sharon Dryflower said from the Pueblo, she'd send some maybe. You know, just my aunts and uncles or the McCarthy's, that should be a really interesting visual display that's not super contemporary, really, but it'll just be a light projection kind of art performance.
0: That's really exciting, man. There's a lot of innovative stuff going on here, and uh, I really like how this space is uh, utilizing its influence and having all these shows continually coming through and you know, never getting stale, always staying fresh. And on top of that, other organizations like Paseo you know they're putting on this really awesome dynamic show, multimedia show and it's really bringing community together and from my impression of how you're speaking about it you're really excited about it too and to contribute to it so I think that all this collaboration all these great things that are happening in our art community are awesome of course you know it takes so much work so much dedication and organization and I know that you've been busy in the days when you're in the gallery and stuff and um, I'm just wondering what fuels you (laughs) where do you go get food or like on your busy days when you're here in the plaza at the gallery like where do you like to grab your bites and all that
1: yeah i know i have to take time to eat i wish i could live off the ethers but um <laughs> i do enjoy eating and luckily we have monzanita right next door the delis bent street deli is there i really like lambert's guti's is close by stella's is there la cueva is nearby there's new jalapenos i haven't tried them but and then on one Thursday, your mom, Annette, came and made Frito Pies for, <laughs> for the Thursday music. So, you know, it's, we're so lucky in Taos, really, to have such great restaurants. And, of course, throw on a crock pot full of food sometimes. But, oh, yeah. yeah, we have Taos Inn is there and the Gorge, Parched. I mean, it's really... Boy, I wish I
0: were a millionaire. I'd eat there every meal. But I know, yeah, they have great cheeses, great uh, meats, and awesome wine. I went there. I met Buddy. He was our server. New management, really cool guy. Treated my wife and I really well. And it was a special occasion because, hey, it was our first date without baby. We left her with grandma, so (laughs) you know how that goes. The first date, yeah. So that was really fun. Anyway, go to Parched and every all these places that Maya named around the Plaza—they're all great. One I just like to throw in there is Marshall's Noodle he's right, right here on um um stand Undone there and they have a
1: vegan hot dog stand now yeah I haven't tried that
0: yet so there's a lot of okay so that's cool I'm, I'm happy that we uh, heard some of your favorites there the and that's um, everything is it also <laughs> just uh just for to add to the Taos Mountain lifestyle I'd like to know some of um the things that you like to do like fun activities that you go out and do when you're not um here in the gallery promoting your art along with all the other core artists
1: Well, let's see. Gosh, now that I have a grandbaby, (laughs) Sebastian and little Judith, I have grandbabies. So I'm probably going to hang with them. One of my most favorite things is just to go into nature. I love wild and scenic rivers. Mm. I mean, we have so many beautiful places around here that you can go in any direction and hike. And one of the things that... Melanie Redman and I like to do when we go on occasion out there is just to pick up the trash in all the campgrounds because it seems nice. like people forget to pick up their trash and we live in such a beautiful place. I'm like, come on, you guys, let's pick up our trash. Totally. And so, that's I really mean, awesome. I I love going to Ojo Caliente because mm. that's my doctor. Anytime <laughs> I have any ailments, I'll just go sit in those pools and nice. and it's like a, an oasis in the desert. You know, Geronimo used to go soak there and. Mm.
0: Yeah, you know oh yeah a lot of uh, people have uh, historical Corrado's
1: figures and those guys were all hanging
0: out at that place <laughs> mhm wow that's cool and i so i hear you're going there this afternoon is it if I can. All right, yeah. I know. Yeah, that would be great. But uh,
1: take baby. They don't uh, babies
0: in. I know they like to keep it quiet, but that's okay. You know, it's a beautiful place, great pools, very healing water, and yeah, that's nice. I'm so happy that you get some time away from your art in the gallery to make sure you stay in touch with nature and uh, heal yourself in those um, nice, warm and hot waters over there at Ojo Caliente. Let's uh, move on to just like some shout outs. If you have any shout outs for any people in the town, and please, yeah, I'd love ah, to hear.
1: Shout outs, there's so many shout outs that it's endless. I mean, a shout out to my brother who's given me the leeway to work with the building here, nice. and he's helping us pay electricity and stuff. And then, shout out to our core artists Izumi, Frank, Isaiah. Michael Naranjo for getting us started. A shout out to all artists participating who are just ready to drop everything and bring in a piece at the last minute. Shout out to you guys, you and Jackie and Judith and your mom for helping with all the openings and just being there on first Friday, selling your soaps and hanging out. (laughs) Like my cousin, Elena comes and hangs out too. Melanie Redman has been instrumental. She's here some days when I can't make it. And uh, she helps with the opening. Openings and kind of some of the concepts with the food. Joel Larson brought in a piano so that my son Zach can come play piano and other people can come play. Joel comes on Fridays and plays on first Fridays, so that's big shout out. And gosh, just shout out to everybody who has come to the openings. Shout out to my cousin Frank of the Fonda and um even the dogs that come by and and bring (laughs) that dogs come by and bring their people into the gallery and they don't know what to do and the dog wants to see the art and the kids (laughs) kids will bring their shout out to the whole community of taos because we have a really rich rich community and uh, the first peoples here the pueblo people and their beautiful amazing uh, heritage that is Probably one of the most unique in the world that's still living. And the Spanish culture that brought their heritage here. And now everyone else coming from every the old families that have been here like the McCarthy's and and that's I just like really look forward to getting along a little bit more with this tension that's happening politically if we can just move past that and really get on and so shout out to all the people willing to move past all the old fears and hatreds and, and come out and shout yes. out to my sons who are so important, Isaiah, Matthias. Zachary, and new mama of my grandbaby, Roberta Marcus, and Woo. I'm probably leaving out so many people. Well, know. that's great.
0: We can only limit um, to, uh, 20 sh- to 20 shout-outs. Uh, 20 shout-outs to
1: Taos News for giving us great friends. Yeah. yeah, really. But
0: this is so cool. No, I'm, I, would le- I would let you go all day if I, I knew you it's didn't true. have to move on and get going because you're so busy, but uh, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to really, you know, sit down and um, get this information out to the people, speak about the gallery, the core artists, the history of the space you're in, the history of your family, where you come from. It's all a, a really unique, amazing story um, for our area. And there's a lot of people with this unique, amazing story in our area. And I'm excited to try to reach out and get these people and these stories so we can build this collective history and move into the future hand in hand to be able to you know lift that load and do the work that we all need to do so that way, Nobody has to do it themselves. Right? you know and, and that's what makes everybody happy is when everybody takes that personal responsibility that you had mentioned earlier in the show and I really like that concept of five good things a day you know yeah, because a good it's one? a it's an infectious thought that does take a lot of um, consideration you know it's not something where you can just toss a couple dollars at a homeless person five times and say you're good or whatever you know it really does make you improve your relationships um, clean up your environment and really just start thinking positively so that's really beautiful my really Appreciate you and thank you so much for coming. I love you guys. I'm so honored
1: you guys are my sons and that we live
0: in such an amazing community. Yeah.